And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodger Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. Welcome back, everybody, here to another edition here of the Mass Steel Podcast. We're, of course, yours truly, Charles Bradge Ritchie. We got a good one in store right now. Uh, as the big news of the week for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, welcome back to St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. For the first time since 2019, in three years, we'll be having training camp back where it belongs. And uh, we're just getting ready to get things started right here. And I know it's been a while, the last two years, 2020, when the first year of the pandemic, uh, Steelers didn't really have much of camp. Instead, they hit the weight room going into training camp at that time. We were hitting the weights revving up, and then fast forward a year later, uh, they were practice, doing their practices in Heinz Field. Now, you would still need to get a ticket to attend, but other than that, it is back, baby. St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Uh, spell a while, and uh, we'll be uh, seeing hopefully some normality here, and hopefully as uh, the year continues to move along, hopefully COVID does not get worse right here. I can't speak for the state of Illinois right now. Uh, and Chicago getting close to high risk, but we'll wait and see. But once again, everybody, you guys could uh, take a look and follow me on social media. You can definitely check me out on Twitter at MadisonSteelCR, where I'll be doing a lot of my shout-outs and my tweets. And on Instagram, at Nation. We're getting ready to get things uh, started right here. Uh, we got some hot topics to get into right now. We got an update on all the rookies. Still waiting on Kenny uh, Pickett, uh, who seems to be the last of this year's draft class, uh, who has not being who has not been signed uh, yet. Uh, still waiting for him. We have uh, one other player we'll get to in just a moment. Uh, but that's, that's not pretty normal about this time right now. Uh, the first round quarterback, I guess, uh, still waiting to see what they come to an agreement. Him and his agent with Steelers organization is getting his rookie deal in place. But uh, any anything other than that, we also got some uh, topics we're going to get into. Deontay Johnson, is he deserving of a new deal or should the Pittsburgh Steelers decide the franchise uh, tag him as we look at it? As uh, we look at it. Uh, just making a quick update right now. Uh, if you guys are not seeing the stream on uh, Instagram, I apologize. I meant to uh, kick it off. Uh, my Mass Steel Nation, I did my other Instagram account. I am switching up right now. So you can catch the podcast tonight here on not only uh, Facebook Live, but Instagram Live uh, tonight. And here we go in about three, two, one. And for those of you uh, getting ready to check out on Instagram Live, welcome to the Mass Steel Podcast. We are streaming live here tonight. Don't forget, I'll be putting the podcast up available on my YouTube channel. Uh, feel free to check out the links uh, where you can be able to subscribe to the Mouse Deal podcast 
uh, where you can check them out. Um, primarily, if you guys want to download the audio, you can definitely check them out on Mixcloud, Soundcloud, and Anchor. Anchor uh, shares it to multiple platforms, including uh, plat platforms like Spotify, Pocket Cast, and much more. Uh, we'll get into that in just a second. But like I said, Deontay Johnson right now, is he a guy that is worthy of being a not necessarily a top three receiver, but somewhere there is a middle ground, maybe like in a top 10. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. And plus, we will also end uh, towards the end of this too. We also got Najee Harris bulking up just a little bit. Uh, doesn't seem to think his weight has been much of an issue. Not really much news at all. But his playing time, uh, they may try to ease up on him. We'll get to that in just a moment. And then also to end the show, we'll go around with news from around the NFL. That'll be in the Out of Bounds segment. So let's go ahead and uh, kick it off right now. Uh, opening uh, drive right now. Steelers signed Kelvin Austin III to a four-year contract on money, leaving Kenny Pickett as the remaining unsigned uh, player from this year's uh, draft right now. Uh, Kelvin Austin, if you uh, may recall, uh, for this year uh, going into it, uh, he was uh, taken in the fourth round, 138th overall, uh, Memphis. And one of the things, like I said, too, that was uh, really uh, great about him, too, was his uh, combine speed, uh, which was a top five right there. He is a speed demon right there, if you ask me. Uh, 156 passers for over 2,541 yards, with along with 22 touchdowns after earning a spot on the Memphis roster as a walk-on. Excellent runner who averaged 11.1 yards and 29 career punt returns with two touchdowns. And I'm really going to be excited for this kid, though, too. I mean, when you look at a guy like Deontay Johnson, who we'll get into a little bit later on, you got to believe, too, Kelvin Austin, how much of a key role is he going to be on special teams this year, if you ask me? Uh, you got to believe right there, because remember, that's how Deontay Johnson uh, kind of burst onto the scene. Don't forget, he also had that. Uh, return, I think, for a touchdown, which they hadn't had in a long while. Uh, that was in Arizona versus uh, Cardinals. Uh, that was back in week 14. Their last win to note of that season before they went into that three-game slump, uh, being bounced out of the playoffs, but I'm excited right now, to be honest with you. An okay pick is one will be uh, who's uh, still waiting on to get uh, completely uh, signed but when you look at everything, like what the Steelers have done uh, this year, too, I mean, uh, for this season, they signed uh, 10 new players on this uh, team uh, in free agency, uh, more particularly the one leading the headlines. Of course, the top two, if you ask me, will be, uh, of course, quarterback Mitch Jabisky uh, coming over from the Buffalo uh, Bills on a two-year deal for $14 million.285. $14.285 million for two years, uh, being average on paid over $7.41 million with five and a quarter guaranteed uh, in his guarantees right there. And now remember, a lot of that is incentive-based, but the other one, too, I would have to say, too, aside from the, the lineman they got, I would say inside linebacker Miles Jack, I'm over from the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. I mean, how much are we going to see uh, right now this year more particularly help put some uh, a wake-up call on a guy like Devin Bush. Devin Bush, whose production who has declined, he has definitely been uh, one of the topics of conversation 
especially since last year, if you ask me, uh, who really did not seem to have his best year, especially after starting off so promisingly for his first uh, season and a quarter, if you ask me. I mean, uh, I mean, he started 15 out of 16 games in his uh, rookie year, uh, who had 109 uh, total tackles right there. Uh, finished third in uh, AP Defensive Rookie of the Year uh, in that season. But then, like, uh, he was off to a good start the next year, starting five out of five games at 26 uh, tackles going into that span uh, for the most part. And it looked like he was going to have, like, a real good season right there uh, in that year. But then he got hurt uh, during the Browns game. He was lost uh, with a knee injury for the season. But the following year, uh, 14 games he started in all 14 last year, 70 uh, tackles, a noticeable dip right there, if you ask me, uh, definitely, uh, to say the least. And uh, if you think about it, I mean, you're probably talking about somewhere like under, closer to under 90 tackles right there he was on pace for. Uh, so he is a guy right now, remember, they did not pick up the fifth-year option on him uh, this season. But when you look at the Steelers right now, I mean, what they've been able to do uh, for right now, I mean, for a team that's got over right now uh, going into this year, uh, currently with the signings they have made with $20.61 million in cap space and stands uh, right now uh, for the most part. And uh, it, it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, year to say the least, uh, no doubt about it. I mean, he's a guy who's definitely uh, got some pressure he's got asked to. A lot of stuff he's got like, uh, take on, take some ownership on. I mean, remember, don't forget, almost a year ago, coming up on the 4th of July, retweeting a video of a falling a cat right there. So, I mean, he goes on to the last year of his uh, rookie deal right now. And uh, we're, we're looking at, I uh, got a few uh, people on here. Well, I'll just say uh, welcome to right now. Uh, Titan German boy underscore Zay join. Welcome very much. Thank you for uh, joining in. And CR4SH88. Thank you guys very much uh, for tuning in right now. Feel free to submit questions on here on the Instagram uh, feed if you guys wish or on my Facebook page. I'll try and get to you guys as best I could for right now uh, as we're going live right now. But uh, Devin Bush more particularly, I mean, when, when you think about it, too, I mean, like like I said, he has definitely got to turn things around right now. And you really wonder if Brian Flores is going to bring that magic sauce this year. He seems to be uh, getting more valuable as time goes on as far as being the most uh, attractive hire uh, for this team. Yellow on players, but talking about assistant coaches and Mike Tomlin right now. Very gutsy for the Steelers to stick up for him. Uh, Mike Tomlin, more particularly, stick his neck out for him. After what he's been going through with the lawsuit versus the NFL after being uh, blackballed out of the Miami Dolphins, I mean, if you ask me, I mean, let's just call it what it is. We really start to wonder, is he going to be like what Mike Munchak was to the offensive line in 2014 in this type of hire for a coach to assist with a uh, new defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin, who got promoted from senior assistant. Now, remember, Terrell Austin – uh, three years ago, back in April, I believe it was, uh, he he uh, became the senior defensive assistant coach, uh, more particularly for the secondary. So their secondary was pretty much uh, 
in the dumps as far as like total takeaways, uh, need, that needed a dramatic improvement. And when you had guys that you had acquired onto the scene, uh, like Mika Fitzpatrick, right after uh, Ben Rosberger was sidelined for the year, uh, who they'd been in touch with. I mean, they risen to the top right there. And uh, that led to good uh, turnover ratio for two straight years. Last year was a different problem. We know more particularly it was the run game. That last in the NFL uh, for last year. And Devin Bush, is, I got to believe, has got to be a key component of that. Let's move along. Training camp schedule, uh, which is the good news, as I announced earlier at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, it was announced yesterday. All players will report on July 26th uh, for this year in La Trobe uh, for uh, training camp. And then the day after, which will be on Wednesday, July 27th, for the very first time in St. Vincent College in Latrobe, it will be open to the public. Uh, that will be at 1.55 p.m. Eastern. So you got July 27th for the 30th, open to the public. And then you also got August uh, 1st through the 4th, uh, which will also be open to the public in St. Vincent College. Same time, 1.55 p.m., uh, August 1st will be the first time they'll be uh, having a padded practice right there. And then also the other dates where they will be available uh, to play in front of like the crowd right there. You'll be having Friday, August 5th, 2022, under the lights of Latrobe Memorial uh, Stadium. That'll be a night practice right there. That will be at 7 p.m. Then the next day, Saturday, 1.55 p.m., St. Vincent College, pretty much all the times are in uh, – 1.55 uh, p.m. for the practices to be seen uh, during the day. So you also got August 8th for the 11th, and then August 15th through the 18th open to the public. So again, just to recap, the 27th for the 30th at 1.55 p.m. Eastern, open to the public. August 1st through the 4th at 1.55 p.m. And then you have Friday, August 5th, at 7 p.m. at Latrobe Memorial Stadium under the lights, August 6, 1.55, and August 8 for the 11th, 1.55, and then the last day of practices, August 15th through the 18th at the same time I just mentioned, and the last special day for uh, training camp or camp will break up will be on Friday, August 19th. So there you go right there. I know it's got to be a lot better I mean, uh, circumstances going to this year as we look at it. Uh, it's definitely been, uh, imagine how the world's been turned upside down when we look at it. I mean, coming out of this COVID period in particular, I mean, more particular, I mean, just how in the world the NFL was like the only sports, North American sports league to pull off a full season. Granted, they had the stretchings a lot as far as like, rescheduling of games when there was multiple outbreaks of COVID uh, being pressed. I mean, and now they had the crazy part about that too. Seeing some games as far as like a Tuesday or Wednesday, it's actually going to probably might be inevitable in due time that week for owners and executives to consider uh, with the commissioner, by the way, who's got a contract uh, which will be expiring in less than two years from now. In March 2020, 
March in, two, in March of 2024, Roger Goodell's contract uh, will be up for renewal. That's when it will expire. But can you imagine seeing like football games stretched out now, where they can actually practically, you can almost have football like, I mean, for the most part, four days out of the week. I mean, think about that. Not on a regular basis, but I mean, just more TV rays. Now you consider all the streaming right there. Oh, it's more when you see that uh, down the road. But again, too, I do feel like you do tamper a little bit with player safety right there as far as like, okay, you expand the, the ratings of the games, but how are the players going to be compensated when it comes to like their next game? I mean, so if you're a team that plays on a Wednesday, what happens there? Do you treat it? Or you give them a, a break the following week, you make them play on a Sunday, or you move them to like a Monday schedule. I, I mean, that's gonna be really dicey right there, if you ask me. I mean, for those teams, we even cross that bridge. I'm just speculating right now, but let's uh, find out about that in due time. Also, too, uh, going in right now with OTAs right now, this is the first, this is the Last of uh, mini camps right now is we got OTAs right now uh, today, which happens to be the last day right now. Uh, Matt Cano, who had some comments right now as far as on the quarterback competition right now, uh, basically for right now, uh, uh, what Cano was saying and like what he was echoing what Mike Tomlin was saying that this is a laid out plan of how we're going to evolve and find who our quarterback is going to be at the 2022 season. You want to find a guy, certainly it's the best one. But what makes him the best? Is it taking care of the ball? Is it the red zone? Is it leading the team? All those things. That's Coach Tomlin's decision we're all going through. The plan is clear. We're putting in our offense. We're going to try to find who does this well, who does this, who has the intangible uh, things. So far, Trubisky has been the one that has been pressing the coaching staff with his ability off play action. Something that, of course, was non-existent from Ben Roethlisberger, which would mean he would have to get under center at times. Remember, Ben Roethlisberger played the majority of his career at the shotgun uh, position right there. Uh, and as noted right there, too, uh, going into that, that Roethlisberger's uh, passer rating was 78 on play-action uh, passes last season and was 77.3 in his career. Mr. Whiskey, on the other hand, has a career 97 rating on play action passes. Now, there's still a lot of like, uh, hesitation for me with Whiskey in that regard. But I mean, Dale Lally uh, giving a lot of kudos right there. Uh, thanks for uh, highlighting that. But for right now, the plan is to, when it comes to the quarterback uh, right now, uh, they're basically saying that Travis is going to be the number one guy for right now. Followed by Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett based on experience and resume uh, for now. Granted, they can all change once we find out, once we get to uh, preseason. And, of course, as we look a little bit more on in training camp right now. I mean, a lot of people are really thinking that this could be a winnable job for a guy like Mitch Trubisky. I mean, this guy who's definitely had – who's been pretty much reborn, if you ask me. Uh, going into the season. Did y'all know all these songs? As we uh, look at it for right now, I mean, you got to believe 
Uh, he has learned a lot sitting on the bench in Buffalo right there. I mean, learning from behind, uh, like a guy like Josh Allen, how to just retweak some things, of course, with the head coach over there at, at uh, McDermott. So you look at this year, I mean, and granted, too, like, remember, it's a two-year deal for right now. We're not even sure. I mean, like, what Trubisky does good enough that they may have found – they may have struck lightning in the ball. They may have found their future quarterback. I'm not sure about that. But I do believe right now, too, I mean, it's the right thing to do. When you got a guy – when you're seeing from a guy and Ben Rosberg, he has to go for this gradually – Nothing set in stone here. I mean, this is the reason why Mike Tomlin, and this will be another challenge to date for him on his coaching career to prove why he'll keep his team competitive, try not to have a losing season. It's just basically everyone's job is out of line, of course. I know I'm staying the obvious here. But, I mean, when you look at those aspects right there, play action talents and mobility, I mean, this is really heating up. I will ask you this right now. If you were to put money on it, who do you guys think will be the starting quarterback for the season? We say Mr. Trubisky is right now. Now that I, I still believe he's going to be the bridge gap guy. He'll start off. And then we'll probably see Kenny Pickett at some point. I just don't see how it makes any sense for a guy like Mace Roth to be hanging around. I mean, Chris Oladokun right now, I mean, his plans are going to be to have him on the practice squad to start off the season. I mean, unless they uh, cut Rudolph or they find some offers for a guy like Mason Rudolph, can they get a six, yet alone a seventh-round pick? Something out of him. I mean, if it makes sense, we'll see. Next up, Dante Johnson. Dante Johnson reported the mandatory minicamp yesterday, and he joined his teammates on the field as his Hopeful for a new contract. Uh, currently, according to Spotify, I mean, uh, Spotrack, excuse me, Spotify. Spotrack, which is one of many websites, just like overthecap.com, but Spotrack also gets some nice details itself. Uh, you don't get to see the market value, I believe, on over the cap. On Spotrack, you could see the market value for a player. And according to Spotrack, they're projecting Deontay Johnson average pay per year at $22 million for four years, overall contract value of $88.28 million. Like I said, Steelers, remember, they got over $20.61 million in cap space. He goes into the final year of his rookie deal, set to make $2.79 million on his base salary, along with the remaining of his, uh, the end of his signing bonus in his final year, which will total out to one point one. $3 million. Uh, this year, the end of the side bonus this year, he'll be making $283,357 uh, for the remaining of that side bonus right now. Uh, here's the thing, too. Matthew Johnson, of course, he has a wild everybody a lot as far as like with, you know, league wide stats. But as far as on a team, I mean, here's one thing for Deontay Johnson. More than likely, they could probably end up tagging this guy. When you look at it from a team perspective, I mean, check this out, too. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. When the first year they had to go with Ben Rosberger out for the entire season, he still led his team in receptions with 59. Top receiver, of course, Juju Smith-Schuster was struggling along with guys like James Washington, who didn't do all that bad that year. 
still, he had 680 yards, which ranked second. And uh, he was also second in scrimmage that year, five touchdowns. I mean, the only problem that comes in for Deontay Johnson is a drop. On average, he has, he has a 10th most drops on his team. But when you look at everything else, yards and touchdowns, I mean, he, I mean, yards, he was like pretty much average, number one, uh, which was uh, the last two years. And then, of course, uh, like I said, uh, touchdowns right there, too. I mean, I mean, he was average uh, second in that. Uh, he ranked first in his first year, third in, the, in 2020, and first uh, last year. Those are things not to be ignored right there from a guy like Deontay Johnson. I mean, think about that. You're doing this without Ben Rosberg in that first year. And I, I got to believe that's pretty impressive right there. Now, I mean, I mean, the only question is right now going to this year, how much uh, for this year will we see, like a guy like George Pickens out of Georgia, how much can he put out, I mean, along with Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool, I'm sure, is be looking to have a uh, comeback year as well. I mean, Steelers receivers have not been all that great last couple of years, especially when you got figure two, I mean, going with the deep ball, by the way. I mean, for the most part. I mean, Claypool, I mean, who uh, last season, he had 860 yards uh, last year. And then from a year ago, he had 873, so about the same uh, pace right there. Last team in touchdowns uh, receiving with nine. And then last year, as far as like uh, touchdowns, he had uh, two. Only course where his down moment came to be with uh, showing off late in the Minnesota Vikings game where Steelers almost made a position, make an incredible uh, comeback in that game. Which was uh, stopped short. Granted, they still ended up finding a way to get into the playoffs. But the thing is, right now, I would anticipate Deontay Johnson more likely being tagged. But at some point, too, if you could do that with Ben Roethlisberger, I think he's worthy of getting some sort of deal. Yeah, $20.61 million available. I think the only bigger thing that's going to be overshadowing him getting a deal right now is when you have a guy like Stefan Twitt right now. Uh, who has retired uh, from the game. And, of course, uh, once again, prayers and condolences to him and his family for the loss of his brother. But he also did finish up, like, his education and school and uh, wants to go on to a different path. I mean, Cam Hayward's on the record saying that he was confident that, you know, that Tewitt was getting himself ready and in shape and ready to go for camp and for the season. Uh, to be honest, I never really felt encouraged about Twit this year. To be honest, with you, I mean, there's just sometimes when you, we go for like a roadblock in our lives, and when you're not speaking up or doing anything, not, not saying this could be final, but we'll see. Hold on one second. Again, Deontay Johnson, deal or no deal? Okay, I'm up here. Deontay Johnson, I say give him uh, money, but 
maybe hold off this year. Let's play it out for right now. Najee Harris right now. Okay, I'm up here, man. Najee Harris, who uh, had 242 uh, pounds last year, picked up only two more pounds. Not really much newsworthy, but uh, he was saying that I was 242 last year, now 244. Always heavier in this than yards are in the season. I'm going to play at 242. People have said he, he's built like this, and uh, Najee Harris's response was, Tell Jerome, that's the homie, but you're all making it seem like I'm fat as hell. As noted by uh, Kevin Patra from NFL Network, Najee led all running backs in snaps and off touches as a rookie uh, a year ago with 929 snaps. Uh, Harris did say he's taking time off uh, via the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. I will not be on the field for certain plays. We're still going to talk about that, though. I do want to play a lot. Anytime I can, but at the same time, it's about being smart so I understand where Steelers cultures are coming from. Players usually touch the ball, uh, according to that stat, 370 or, or more, usually start to regress in production or injuries. Uh, Harris does go on to say, to be honest, and people think I am crazy with it, or hey, Faulkner is off, his uh, running backs coach. Uh, people think I'm crazy when I say this, but he's just built for it, uh, as he told the athletic. I am not saying just how, just physically how he is built, but how he trains. He trains to play a lot of plays in a game. But to be honest with you, too, I mean, you can make the argument last year. I mean, on offense, you could dare say that Najee Harris, I mean, aside, aside from T.J. Watt, had a long shot of being team MVP. I mean, T.J. Watt did carry that team defensively, I mean, into the playoffs. But, I mean, if you had to think about it so on offense, I would definitely consider Najee Harris you had to keep feeding this guy uh, more. And when you look at what he did, I mean, a year ago, I mean, like I said, I mean, Najee Harris, I mean, he had a phenomenal uh, rookie year with over 1,200 yards uh, rushing, 1,667 yards on scrimmage with 10 total touchdowns right there, and which included uh, three receiving touchdowns, seven of those off the ground. But to be honest with you, I don't mind to keep working it, but at the same time, you got to play it smart, I mean, especially in the running back era like we are. Well, let's go ahead again to out of bounds right now. Aaron Donald on the Rams, according to Jordan Rodriguez, the athletic, I tweeted this out a few days ago as it was reported, he has gotten a huge pay raise that will actively pay him for the 2024 uh, season. They're saying it's for five years, but realistically, when he's on the team, it'll be for the 2024 season, uh, where he'll become the highest average paid defense player at over $31.66 million, uh, where he was previously making 14.3 a year uh, with hardly any guarantees. Uh, he's going to be getting $46.5 million guaranteed at signing, which he received, and for a total of $95 million guaranteed. Uh, he just uh, beat out T.J. Watt for the most at $28 million on average paid. Uh, Donald, remember, as it was going into the Super Bowl matchup that week, there were some rumblings according to Les Snead and people close to it, too. Uh, you remember when he did the interview prior to the Super Bowl that this possibly could be his last game, but they win the Super Bowl, he would definitely consider retirement. Now, remember, he was on the I Am Athlete uh, podcast with Brandon Marshall, Pac-Man Jones, 
and others. And just saying, uh, basically, it's still about winning and like everything's uh, gotta make sense. And you know, it is a business, pretty much hinting that you know he's gotta be taken care of properly. He did not say that, but I me mean, pretty much around it. I mean, Aaron Donald, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, when you look at this guy's resume, I mean, think about it. Seven straight all pros, eight pro year, eight pro bowls every year he's been in the league. And when you also look at it too, as far as like active leaders on sacks that are currently playing in today's game, he not only leads all defense tackles in the league with 98 sacks, but he's also seventh in sacks right now with, I mean, in his active career. Now, on the all time uh, list where you rank him amongst all time uh, players, Aaron Donald. He is a uh, 40th in that category right there behind Andre Tippett of the New England uh, Patriots. Uh, he needs three more to pass him right there. But, I mean, this is a guy who means well-deserved right there, too. And also, too, Bill Wow, I know he kind of uh, joked about it. I think over the weekend I was seeing that I guess he was, like, working out in Pittsburgh and, like, you know, maybe, just maybe, you know, he could be a stealer. But you know what? Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, was uh, talking with Chris Sims, too. If you check out the video on YouTube, they're saying him and his family are hope, hopeful that, you know, he could probably end up coming home. So if he plays out his contract, I mean, and then eventually, you know, can something be worked out where he could actually finish his career in Pittsburgh or close to it as a Steeler? I highly doubt that. I mean, they've been always signing younger players, a hometown uh, product like this, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, for the most part, I mean, he is, he, he already turned 31, so he'll be 33 years old, I mean, 34 years old, going into his mid-30s very closely in 2025 if he decides to keep playing. I'm going to say no on that one, wishful thinking, but we'll see. But uh, anyway, too, other news around the league. The Broncos, according to the Athletic, also reached an agreement with Walmart Hair Rob Walton to sell a team for over $4.685 billion right now. Uh, Walton, who's a member of the Walton Penner Family Ownership Group, was among four candidates placing second-round bids on the franchise in an auction Monday. He announced in a statement uh, that Melly Hobson co-CEO of Aerial Investments, will join the ownership group. She's also the chair of the board of Starbucks Corporation and as director J.P. Morgan Chase and was the first black woman to be chairperson of an S&P 500 company. The deal is paying approval by the Apple's finance committee. Uh, and this will be the first time since 1984 when the original owner, Pat Bowen, who passed away three years ago from his uh, years of battle with uh, Alzheimer's, uh, he Eventually, first up for seventy million dollars, and and that and that team has earned over four billion dollars, right there uh, to be where it's at, more than doubling the pr price what David Tepper purchased for the Carolina Panthers in twenty eighteen for two point twenty billion. Now the biggest question is right now for the Broncos: Can they get back into a winning culture in due time? More or less, a Super Bowl right there. I'm going to wonder, will he eventually change the name to Walmart Field or Walmart Stadium at Mile High? I don't know. Some fun stuff to think about right there. 
And then lastly, Commissioner Roger Goodell. Uh, there were thoughts raised in the um, owners meeting about a month ago that when his uh, next contract expires, which would be in March of 2024, you know, they're debating if, if a success, succession plan should be built in for the next commissioner. Uh, on completion, he'll be 18 years uh, once his contract expires, which would be about the same time that Paul Tagliabue. Now, Paul Tagliabue succeeded Pete Rozelle, who was in there for about 40 years. He started in January of 1960 and stepped down during the 1989 uh, season right there. Uh, more particularly, the final straw for him, when you went for teams that are moving, like the Raiders to Los Angeles, then the Cardinals from Louis to Phoenix at that time. And all the stuff that was being rolled around right there, I mean, he had enough right there. It was mentally uh, draining right there. Uh, Paul Tagliabue came into the season. Now, the one thing about Paul Tagliabue, to his credit, Never had work stopped to his, his uh, watch. I did try NFL Europe, which definitely kind of bombed, if you ask me. But I think it did help pave the way for the future of having possibly games played overseas. Uh, during his tenure, I mean, he's helped the NFL uh, skyrocket in uh, revenue right there. He has been compensated on average for about over $60 million annually. Uh, if signed, a new commissioner would be signed in 2028. That's if they signed him in 2024. Now, he's had a lot of black clouds out of his times right there as commissioner. When you look at some of the scandals that were involved, you could also talk about, like, uh, where it was, like, the flight gate. I mean, with uh, Tom Brady versus Colts right there. Forcing Tom Brady to serve a suspension uh, that he beat out. Uh, forcing him to serve four games. Eventually won the Super Bowl. He also got Ballygate right there with New Orleans Saints. Uh, players being offered uh, pay uh, to take out offensive players and quarterbacks. I mean, and then the other ones too, like the personal ones, like Ray Rice striking his fiance, who we eventually married, uh, who they actually let play, I think the first uh, week, then suspended them and definitely never played a snap since. Uh, of course, Adrian Pearson, uh, with how, he how he's handling his son right there. And of course, I'm kneeling the national anthem right there, who Colin Kaepernick, which, by the way, is trying to get back into the league. But when you consider everything that's been going, I mean, Roger Goodell, I mean, he's had a lot of shaky moments, but I think if you ask me, he's definitely done enough uh, financially for this league. Morally, we'll see, because he got another one he's got to overcome right now with Deshaun Watson. I'm not going to get into that tonight. Bad look of the 66 women potentially, I mean, 66 women right now potentially coming after him, uh, 24, looking very uh, grim right now. But, I mean, overall, how would you rate Roger Dell's run as commissioner for the NFL? I think it's been a success. I mean, I'll give it a B plus on a grade scale if you ask me. But that's going to do it for this edition here of the Mouse Podcast, which you guys can follow me on social media. Follow me on Twitter at MouseSteelCJR and on Instagram at MouseSteelNation. So I leave it. Don't be trolling. Be rolling. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. I go.